0: Welcome to a new edition of the Neon Jazz Interview Series with Nashville studio guitar legend Tom Hemby. He talked about his new 2022 CD with his band called Dealin' It. He has lived and worked in Nashville as an active musician since 1978, but he was born and he is from Southeast Missouri. His breakthrough came as an acting touring musician backing artists like the Imperials and Amy Grant and Michael McDonald and so many others. His touring career soon evolved into a recording career as a studio guitarist, producer, and songwriter, and he talks all about this. Enjoy.
1: Tom, thanks for taking a minute out for Neon Jazz. I appreciate it. Sure, absolutely. You have a new album that that is out now, Dealing It, and and I'm curious. You know, we've been living through this whole pandemic, and largely we've been away from live music for so long. What does this release mean for you? You, Did you
2: say release?
1: Yeah, this album, having it (laughs) come out now.
2: Okay. I I didn't (laughs) know if you said release or relief. (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> probably the same yeah, thing, huh?
2: <laughs> exactly. Of course, uh, we musicians love to get out and play, so and do what we do, and so many times that is in a uh, uh, in a, a public arena, you know, and uh, just having to put aside all this, these COVID issues now and moving forward uh, with this release of the album is. Uh, it's just I don't know. It's kind of in a in a way, it's kind of a load lifted off my shoulders just to be able to get out and, and do what I do again and perform and stuff. Uh, yeah, th- this release, you know, is a culmination of things we had done over a period of time through a workshop in Fort Wayne, Indiana. We would uh, go in and uh, we would do a demonstration of a recording for an audience in a in a studio. It was like a three day event where they would people would pay to come see how you. Uh, record a song you know the whole recording process so we uh did this over a period of time and then over this period of time we ultimately had enough songs to uh put together to to create a whole project so uh an album project so this uh on on many levels is a is a relief as well (laughs) the whole thing about this release right now to me is just it 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 kind of represents uh, music coming back and people doing what they enjoy doing and that whole thing. So,
1: Well, you know, we're coming out of Kansas City. You have roots in Missouri. Talk to me mm-hmm. a little bit about your Missouri roots and how things kind of started for you and music. I grew up in a small
2: community outside of Popper Bluff, Missouri, a little town called Fuxico just in the edge of the Ozarks there in southeast Missouri. I, I grew up in a musical family. My father was a guitar player and played and sang. My mother, was she played accordion and sang, that whole thing, and uh, had a lot of roots of, you know, country music and gospel music growing up in a church and that whole thing. I also became sidetracked with a lot of other kinds of music growing up, you know, with uh, aside from country and gospel. I mean, when I heard the rock thing, you know, the Beatles, you know, <laughs> Then there was R and B music. I, uh, when I started hearing late sixties R and B music that was played, uh, you know, Smokey Robinson and, and that whole Motown era, and I was I was influenced by so much uh, other eclectic forms of music. So yeah, and it just it just has all culminated to what I am today. I mean, I'm just kind of a I'm I'm definitely a fusion of all this stuff.
1: So how did, what brought you to Nashville? And how did things take mm-hmm. up? And when you look at your itinerary of, of musicians you've been around, it's, it's staggering. So how did all of this kind of begin for you?
2: You know, as I mentioned before, having influence of gospel music, I, at at the time, I um, of course, like I said, I was born and raised in Southern Missouri, and I just through a series of circumstances, I ended up in Central Illinois. I kind of followed some other musician friends of mine uh, to that part of the country, and where I met my wife, and then one night, we went to a, a concert of this group, uh, the Imperials, uh, this contemporary Christian group from many years ago. Long story short, that night, I found out they were looking for a guitar player. After the show, I went up and approached the uh, leader of the group, Armand Morales, Man. and you know I said, I hear you're looking for a guitar player, and so they, they actually had me come up and audition. Long story short, hey, they hired me on the spot, and I moved to Nashville. So I was one of the few musicians that actually came to Nashville that actually had a had a gig waiting on them when I got here. So, <laughs> you know, at that time they were kind of a huge thing in the contemporary Christian music market. So that just kind of uh, threw me into a lot of other opportunities of uh, working with other artists, uh, especially in the recording situations and stuff. And over a period of time, I started. To be that guy getting the call to play on records for other for other artists, and there that just kind of snowballed into a lot of other genres of music, you know, especially here in Nashville, the country thing and the pop world, and I did a whole lot of the you know the contemporary Christian music stuff. With artists like uh, Michael W. Smith and Amy Grant, people like that. But I also had this thing inside of me about jazz. I always loved jazz. Was heavily influenced by great players of you know fusion players, uh, blues players, and 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 just straight up jazz players. You know, just so I uh, I've always had that thing in me that I wanted to do, and so. Through the years, I just, uh, whenever, whenever I had, have had an opportunity to do so, I would was, was certainly uh, go for it. And uh, this whole situation of going to uh, Sweetwater in Fort Wayne, Indiana to do these workshops allowed me to do that very thing again. So <laughs> so here we are. We have a project now. <laughs>
1: so what was the first live show that you saw, like a, a large-scale show that really blew you away that made you think, I'd like to do that someday?
2: Of course, growing up in a small town in, in the southeast corner of Missouri where there was not a lot of great live music, the first rock concert I ever got to go to was to see Rare Earth <laughs> back in the day. <laughs> you know, this is like in early 70s. And uh, so, so man, I went to that show and it's like, I was just blown away. I'm like, I want to do this. <laughs> you know, so, I mean, I wanted to do that before I even saw them, but that just, you know, Just really egged it (laughs) on.
1: What was the first musician that you played with that really made you think, wow, I can't believe I'm here, I can't believe this is happening, like you felt like you arrived?
2: I don't know if it would be the first, but I'll have to say, meeting my hero, the reason I wanted to learn to play guitar to begin with was uh, guitarist Chet Atkins. When I first heard Chet play as a kid, I thought I was listening to two-year two different guitar players because you know there was i was hearing this rhythm thing going on on the guitar and i was hearing melody all at the same time i'm going man that has to be two different guitar players when i found out it was one guy doing all that stuff i became obsessed with wanting to know how to do that you know i mean, i was like you know 10 years old mind you and so i started buying these chet Atkins records or my parents were buying them for me and and I was sit there for hours dropping a needle on a record, trying to figure out this finger style guitar stuff, you know? And so fast forward years later, I, um, I actually had an opportunity to meet Chet here in Nashville, especially doing what I'm doing, working with different artists and stuff. There came an opportunity. And when I was, uh, uh, I worked with Amy Grant for many years off and on. And uh, one day she got a call from her mother to, uh, to perform at a country club thing for her, women's club. It was like 500 women for an afternoon. And so her mother asked her if she and Chet Atkins would do this thing together. And so, long story short again, I ended up being the guitar player for Amy that day with her and her then-husband Gary Chapman. So we met the day before we did the concert, and it's the first time I had actually got to meet Chet, and I'd lived here for several years and always wanted to meet him and never had the opportunity. So, so <laughs> the, the day before that, I was kind of like... <clears throat> you know groveling and and you know man you're the reason i learned to play guitar i probably just drooled on his collar or something you know <laughs> and so so the next day uh when we did the concert uh, we just kind of set up in a little semicircle on stage and everybody was going to do something Chet also had his protege there paul yandel and another great uh guitar player and harmonica player friend of mine pat bergeson was there and, and myself and gary and amy and so um as it turns out, I was sitting next to Chet on the stage. Uh, as we were going around, everybody was going to do something, so they asked me to play a solo guitar piece. and So <laughs> so Chet, uh, sitting next to me, he uh, he was going to introduce me, and when he did, he said, Well, I just met this young fellow yesterday, and uh, he said he learned to play the guitar by listening to my records. I guess we're getting ready to find out. <laughs> I'm like, okay, no pressure here. I couldn't look no at pressure. my hands for couldn't look at my hands for a few seconds, you know. It's like in my mind's eye they felt like they were jumping up and down, you know, until I finally felt a string. I thought, okay, maybe I can pull this off. <laughs> but, but anyway, it went very well and he was so gracious to me afterwards and stuff. And uh uh I remember afterwards he actually asked me to uh, uh if I would be interested in doing a uh, a guitar show with uh um, Mural Anderson who was uh she was noted for Doing these series of concerts here in Nashville every uh, year during NAMM show, uh, it was like her her guitar night. She would ask different guitar players to show up and uh, perform. So I actually did the very first one with her. So because of Chet. So, but anyway, yeah, I, Chet definitely was a hero, and that was probably a, one of the greatest things for me to do to get to sit next to my my here my guitar hero and and have him introduce me the way he did
1: <laughs> that's awesome Which was funny. that's a great yeah. story every day you wake up you have the opportunity to play and create music what what's been the greatest joy about being a professional musician for you
2: well i mean just getting to do what i enjoy doing you know i had a i remember when i was a kid there was a there was a farmer in my community and uh i, I was talking to him on the street one day and he said "You know, son." Ninety percent of life is doing what you enjoy doing and that just always stuck deep inside me, you know. I thought, Hey, I'm I'm gonna pursue this. I don't know how in the world I'll ever get there, but I I wanna do this, you know, and so just to be able to every day to just to wake up and be able to do the thing you enjoy doing most of life, it's just it's priceless to me, you know, to be able to have that opportunity
1: and and uh and so grateful to have that opportunity, so so. Let's say you have a dream tonight. You run into the younger version of yourself before you came to Nashville, <laughs> and based on <laughs> and based on all these years of experience that you have gained, you can tell your younger version one thing. What would you tell that younger version? Oh
2: gosh, the one thing I could think of many one thing. things. The <laughs> one thing, especially myself, I would I would tell myself, dig deeper and become a better music reader. <laughs> <laughs> because, because I've certainly been in that chair many times. That I'm like, boy, I wish I'd had my reading chops together <laughs> better than what I do, you know. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, can't, you can't learn too much. I'll put it that way. So you know, I've, yeah. I've just taken the advantage of every opportunity through the years to learn from every musician I can, and not necessarily guitar players, but through, you know, there's been great. You know, keyboard players and saxophone players that I listen to the lines and stuff you know I'm always just absorbing you know music from all directions so
1: so you know as we kind of return and the world wakes up and live music starts again, we're hopefully on the tail end of this pandemic. when we do come back more in earnest, you know we've been away from this for about two years now. What mm-hmm. do you hope we all what do you hope we all collectively realize about the power of live music?
2: I'm certain that there's going to be a a way deeper appreciation for it. You know, it's kind of one of those things you don't know what you got till it's gone. So, Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I just think, by and large, that's that's probably the one thing we, the one take we can take away from all this. You know, is that hey, we certainly uh, can appreciate what we had, and (laughs) and boy, when it was yanked away from us, it's like when you're sitting around twiddling your thumbs and. And just itching, and and sometimes just dying to hear some live music somewhere, or see something going on in a live situation. That, uh, yeah, it's just I I think that if if nothing else, it's a, it's a, a deeper
1: appreciation for for live music. So everyone has a perception of who they think you are: your family, your friends, your fans. But ultimately, you live your life. You have a perception mm-hmm. of you. Who do you think you are? Wow,
2: man! Yeah. Great questions. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: Who do I think I am? Well, I tell you who I I hope I think I am. More than being, you know, I hope that, you know, people view me as as a great musician and appreciate what I do, but even more than that, I hope people perceive me as as a great human being, someone that's always been fair to someone else treated people the way they wanted to be treated with kindness and graciousness and uh, someone that I, I hope that you know when someone shows up to my wake someday that they'll they'll have nothing to say uh, but good things about me maybe a lot of laughter along the way
1: so you know I like that man Tom thank you for th- being flexible with your schedule and
0: taking a minute out good
1: luck with the album and as we move thank forward thank you man. Thank you so much. So great to talk with
0: you. Thanks for listening and tuning in to another Neon Jazz interview, where we give you a bit of insight into the finest minds and players in Nashville, Kansas City, and spots all over the world giving fans all that jazz. And thanks to Tom for his class, cool, and music. If you want to hear more interviews, go to Famous Interviews with Joe Domino in the iTunes store. Visit NeonJazz at YouTube.com. And for everything Neon Jazz all the time, go to the NeonJazz.BlockSpot.com. Until next time, enjoy the jazz, my friends.
1: Neon Jazz.